We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. And Jack, we're talking about a Nets win. 112-98 over the Raptors. How are we doing? Thankful for a Nets win. Happy Thanksgiving, yeah. everyone, if you're listening to this over the holidays. Happy Thanksgiving and thankful for a Nets win. Thankful for all of our listeners. We're going to jump into this game in plenty more. Make sure you check the Buzz on all streaming platforms. But Jack, where do we start? Nick, I almost lost my hair, and I have a lot of it. I almost went gray. Uh, all of the, the stress, physical reactions from stress after that second quarter. But the Nets just turned it all around in the third by just going absolutely bang. And all of this with Kevin Durant you know, having probably his worst game of the season, and he still chipped in a little bit, and the three ball looked nice. But it, it, this was what we probably wanted out of the Sixers game, and I know how much it was a struggle for you to put that solo recap out there. You know, kudos <laughs> to you, especially with everything that's happening in your life right now, to still be able to do that. That shows a high level of resilience. But in saying that, there was tonight's game was more like 30, 35 minutes of, of decent basketball if you just erase essentially that second quarter. Yeah, I agree. I think in the third quarter you saw them like really turn up and realize the situation like, hey, this is a bad team. Let's make these adjustments. Let's, you know, start playing with more effort defensively, have a better effort on the boards and, you know, offensively, you know, get Kyrie involved. I think that was a huge factor for that third quarter. You know, you went from having essentially two stars to three stars because, you know, he hasn't really been good the first 10 quarters he's been back. You know, in that third quarter, we saw him really turn up. And I think fourth quarter two, we finished the game with 26 points in the second half. Yeah, 29 overall, 11 of 16 from the field, 5 of 8 from 3. A couple of snatchbacks, you know, snapback, little stepbacks, whatever you want to call them, where you just absolutely, they're filthy, filthy, disgusting shots a few players can do. Also had a board, 3 assists as well. Uh, we tend to be prisoners of the moment as fans, and that's fine, but we're also, ha- I think true fans like me and you, we've discussed this off like I'm happy to eat my own words when it comes to any player, whether it's Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, anyone else I've had a semblance of criticism for. If it means that they play well and they contribute to Nets winning, awesome. That's the yep. best thing about it, and this was what we want from Kyrie Irving. You know, In the sort of first quarter or two, 
he seemed to be disengaged in a semblance of a malaise. His spirits didn't seem to be sort of there. And a lot of people made, you know, maybe the right call in saying that Jacques Vaughn isn't using him in the right lineups. He's not giving him enough minutes. He's not running plays for him. And, and yeah, that, that might be partially it. But I think some of it was on Kyrie and his, you know, pretty poor defense, as well as, you know, he's just sort of like James Harden-esque off-ball play. You know, he can be a yeah. really positive off-ball player, and he's proven that before. He proved that in the second out, half. He proved that in the second half. He was incredible on the ball as well, and he was the Nets' best player. And in 28 minutes uh, of game time, that's a nice little wrinkle, give him, get him a little bit of rest heading into a, a game after the, the Thanksgiving break. And he was he was superb in that third and fourth quarter. I think he was like... Eight of eight at some point, I think Iron Eagle was sort of saying. Finished obviously the game at 11 of 16, only missing five of his 16 shots, which is incredible. This is the version of Kyrie. And I think for me, there was a turning point, Nick. It was when he got that and one call and he was around the rim. Yep. And that for me, when Kyrie Irving has played well this season, sort of like the first seven or eight games before you know his absence, it's because he has been aggressive. And it's the same thing we've probably said about Ben Simmons and, and every other sort of guy. But Kyrie Irving, his ability to just manipulate defenders, and he missed a couple of little ones here and there that you sort of expect him to get, but he was hitting the hard ones as well. That's when you know Kyrie Irving's in his bag. When he's hitting the easy ones, he's, he's being strong against the rim, and he's hitting those hard ones as well. Yeah, I agree, Jack. I think the second quarter, there was plays where he literally was sitting in the corner off the court out of bounds, you know, disinterested, just not, you know, engaging for the basketball, calling for the ball. In the second half, it was a different guy. You know, he was engaged. He was locked in. You know, he's playing better defensively, getting a couple deflections in there. And like you said, knocking down shots and just being that threat because, we know Toronto and the way they play Kevin Durant, they played him over the last two seasons, is just giving him a ton of attention, a ton of double teams. And someone else needs to kind of step up and be that scoring option. And they're going to get a lot on one-on-ones. And Kyrie just cooked, especially when the Raptors gave him some bad switches. You know, he was just able to snatch some ankles, as you mentioned. And when he plays like this and Ben Simmons plays the way he played and, you know, KD's getting the attention level and obviously he didn't play well tonight, you feel a lot better about this team. I do think that the, he did better on the boards, KD, and I think that that's yeah. one the indicator. Specifically, it turned up. Yeah, and look, he had three blocks as well. I thought he was pretty positive defensively for for the most part. It's second obvious. half. It was a lot better from the first. I think. Yeah, and I think that your know, guys like Ben Simmons have been really setting the tone there, and I, I've said it on, on on my timeline. Like he's been the Nets' best player overall over the past three or four games. You know he's been super. You know, yeah. thirty three minutes for him tonight, seven and nine from the field, had two boards, had six assists, three steals, and two blocks, five stocks. 14 points for him. Did have five fouls. There was one there that probably was a, a little bit of a dinky one. But there was some real plays from Ben tonight. And you know, you wanted to see him really yak it on that sort of steal and slam, you know, midway th- through the third, I, I, I believe it yep. was. I don't think he's quite there with his conditioning yet. But the fact he was still able to dunk it and, and still be aggressive, he's... His aggressiveness, again, you just call this the aggressive episode. I mean, I'll be uploading it. Maybe I'll just call it the aggressive episode. But in, in saying that, his defense is really locked in now. This is like the all-defense, defensive player of the year sort of stuff from Ben Simmons. And again, it's against, what, OG Ananobi is the best player in Malachi Flynn. But in saying that, you sort of build off just good habits. And he's showing incredible habits and setting the tone for the Nets. You know, he's rebound. He, he didn't rebound the ball incredibly tonight, but that's because Clax and KD were sort of down there and he was running the break a little bit more. And, and that's just where it puts the, the pressure on the defense. So I think Ben, 
because he's looking much more fluid offensively. He's putting so much pressure and it's leading to like a heap of open shots when he's driving and kicking. He had a really, a, a lot of really good driving kicks tonight as well. Yeah, Ben was awesome. And like you said, he's been awesome the last couple games. And defensively, he was great the entire game, but he turned it up to a different level in that third quarter. You know, a couple steals, deflections, just really causing mayhem. And I think forced Nick Nurse to take a timeout after a couple possessions of applying so much pressure. And like you said, offensively, attacking with purpose, like his handle looks better too, along with his athleticism. Early in the season, it looked a little sloppy. He was scared to kind of go full speed. You're starting to see him picked up. You know, a random thing that looked good for him was the jump ball. You know, he won the jump and tipped it out to Kyrie forward. That was kind of a cool little thing to do. You're starting to see some of these like heady passing plays that he can make out there. And again, the the offense will continue to improve scoring wise too. I think he's getting a little bit more confident each game and realizing you know what he can do. Uh, he posted up Malachi Flynn in the first half of this game and that was just something you love to see like you get a small guard take him to the paint get a free two points exactly you know he just and he's uh, i'm really liking you know the one or two baskets a game between ben and kd you know kd keep making those back cuts man ben is going to find you a hundred times out of a hundred like he just and it's i don't know i've I've just a really little and and it's like the defender has to guess you know if they don't commit hard on the outside kd's going to get a good jumper and if they don't and they you know commit to the inside i mean if they commit to the outside he's going to go inside if they commit to the inside he's going to go outside so there's going to just be an opportunity where it's kevin durant make a decision I also want to point out early in the game in the first quarter, I think it might have been like 15-10 and the Raptors had some free throws. And it's on a made free throw where Ben's just like, all right, I'm just going to attack the hell out of yep. you guys. And he just drove to the rim. Like that's off a set defense. Like, and, and that's something for me where I'm just like, he ain't do- He wasn't doing that by any stretch of the imagination the first five, eight games of the season. So it just showed that he wanted to have that. I'm just really loving his mentality. And you know, despite all the, the bullshit that happened in Philadelphia with all, all the fans and you know, his, his charity there, you know, he's like literally taking his name off certain charity drives so people would actually be benefit from his charity work. You know, I think it was Coates and then people were dropping out of scholarship programs yep. that he set up. Like, it's just bullshit. Like, uh, but it shows the character of Ben Simmons. If you're doing already a lot in Brooklyn as well, uh, a lot of this is revealed in an article in the Sydney Morning Herald, which is a, a newspaper down here in Australia. That's a, a really worthwhile piece to read. It shows to me the, the character of Ben Simmons. And it seems to me that he's loving being out there. He's enjoying the hoops. He's relishing the competitiveness and he's making an impact. Like who would have thought that, you know, over the, the past stretch of games that you'd be like, Oh man, we had like so many Nearly all of them are gone. Obviously, I don't think he's there athletically 100%. I don't think the explosiveness is, is there 100%. But he's like 8.5 out of 10, 9 out yeah. of 10. And in terms of what he's producing, he's making up for it, Nick. Yeah, and I think, Jack, you brought up the point of him in the open court really getting downhill and attacking, you know, either attacking the rim or just going in, creating an advantage for the offense. And now you force the rotation and things are running a little bit smoother. Also, another thing, you know, on a lot of four on three situations, you know, when they're double teaming the the pick and roll, you know, be it Kyrie or KD, Ben's making great passes. You know, he's making great passes to the corner. He's making drop ball passes to Clax. Clax is also developing some chemistry reverse wise to, to Ben. You know, you saw those guys actually have some good minutes on the floor together where that's been How a major do you feel issue. About- 
I want to ask you about that, Nick, because as you alluded to, it has been an issue and the numbers don't reflect it strongly, but those numbers obviously before Ben Simmons was playing at his best and Nick Claxton was playing like Ben Simmons is playing now. Now Claxton is continuing to be consistent, continuing to you know, show rebounding force. It seems to me that there is one, I think, better coaching in terms of where guys are at on the court. I think better instincts. And I think guys are just moving that ball a little bit more. I think the ball movement is helping the semblance of lack of spacing when both of those guys are out there. I don't think it's perfect. And I think ultimately the best version of the Nets is going to be with a, a spacing defensive big. But we'll have to wait and see about how that works. But what have you seen of late, Nick, now that both of these guys are playing somewhere near their best? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think the biggest factor is Ben's now a threat at the rim. You know, before teams really weren't respecting him at the rim because he wasn't taking those shots. Now you have to defend him going to the rim, you know, creating a possibility of a defender moving. Where in the past that just wasn't happening. Like you said, the ball movement's also been better. You know, I think what they say after the game, four straight games of like 30 assists Three or something or four, like that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. And what did they have tonight? They had 32 assists on 45 made field goals. I alluded to this in, in a previous episode that we did. I'm like, Ben Simmons is forming, is, is, is leading the identity of this team in terms of ball movement that's one of his premier skills in the nba he's an incredible playmaker for others and he's doing that in spades and him and like clacks like had some little lobs and little dinky passes what quick passes to each other as well because as you alluded to Ben Simmons, you've got to guard him a little bit now. You know, he's he might get something himself, but if you throw it to him, he might find someone else. He's he's playing his offense individually is unlocking his playmaking. And that's what good players do, if not very good players. Yeah, I agree. And that was kind of something we were calling out from preseason that just wasn't happening for Ben. I mean, looking at some of his previous games, you know, his field goal attempts, seven of nine tonight, you know, four or seven against Philly, against Memphis, eleven for thirteen, against Portland, six of six against Sacramento five of seven, you know, he's just like, he's hitting and all these shots are coming in the paint and he's hitting them at a high percentage. And that, that's what makes you a threat. Not a guy who's missing layups, a guy that's hitting layups and kind of a variety of ways. You know, we've seen a couple you know, post hooks, some push shots, some floaters, just continuing to be aggressive and attacking the rim is just going to continue to impact the offense positively. 
We're loving to see it, Nick. We, yeah. we really are. But to touch on Nick Claxton, had another double-double for himself tonight, including he had 12 boards, four of them offensive, had three assists, uh, also had a steal, four blocks, 14.67 from the field. Hit both of, his, both of his free throws, which I believe were the first two points of the game. So that was yeah. kind of nice to see after Ben Simmons hit a couple of his free throws against the Sixers. Two of our guys who are struggling in that department, hitting a few of them is good. But Clax is... This is where it's just like, okay, because when you have the, the, that starting five out there and you've got Kevin Durant, Royce O'Neal, Nick Claxton and Ben Simmons all together, defensively, that's something special. And, you know, you can really, and if you're switching, you know, in a in a fashion where, like, you know, it's clicking, it's smooth, it's just, it's it's rhythmic, then it's just like, okay, so if I'm switching off Claxton, I'm getting a Ben Simmons on a switch. Or if I'm switching Ben Simmons off a switch, and I'm getting Kevin Durant. If I'm switching off Royce O'Neal, I'm getting Nick Claxton. It's just like, it's hellish. Now, obviously, the Toronto Raptors don't have the semblance of offensive talent that a lot of other teams do. But in saying that, you, you just don't want to be get any of those guys on an ISO on defense. Yeah, I mean, there's a way for the, you know, the Nets defense to prevent an advantage at times, you know, you know, ending the possessions, a different thing in terms of rebounding. But in terms of like shutting down teams on their first looks, the Nets did well tonight and they did well against the Sixers last night. It was a matter of other areas impacting them. And like you said, you know, you go Ben Simmons, all defensive, you know, player of the year candidate in past seasons. He's not quite there yet. Nick Claxton, all defensive team, maybe on the fringe. You know, there's some possibility there. Royce O'Neal, solid defender, you know, KD above average defender can be really good at times and then even at Kyrie if you can kind of get him to buy in and remove some of those mistakes we saw in the first half that he cleaned up in the second half you feel good because now you know your fourth best defender in your lineup is Royce O'Neal and you know you're just trying to protect Kyrie at times but other than that you're feeling good about what you could do and the length is what really shuts things down it's the rebounding that we know is the problem yeah, Nick, in terms of the rebounding, the Nets obviously went down there 39-52 in terms of in favor of the Toronto Raptors. I looked up the stat. They have the worst defensive rebounding percentage in the league. How, how do you solve this? Tonight. <laughs> how, yeah, how do you solve this, Nick? Well, I think you saw in the second half at least a level of engagement and focus in terms of team rebounding, boxing guys out, and at least kind of fighting on the boards. You know, the first couple minutes of this game in the first quarter, they were just kind of standing there and hoping the ball would bounce their way. I think a mentality change needs to happen, but it's also something that's always going to be a problem with the girth of the players in the starting lineup. You just have a lot of skinny players out there that are going to get moved, and all five guys really need to rebound for them to have, you know, an average rebounding team. Yeah, and in in saying that, you know, Nick Claxton had 12 tonight. Kevin Durant had seven. You know, they're doing their job. Ben maybe isn't doing enough. Kyrie only had one. Royce was fine. It's some of those long uh, rebounds are what hurt too. Is that's where it's like the guards need to chip in. Yeah, definitely. You know, and that's where they're getting second chance points opportunities. Where I think thirty-four second chance points for the Raptors tonight. The Nets had eight. You know, if the Nets limit that in half, this is even bigger blowout. What was it? Uh, I think on on the Yes Network they said two straight games where it was twenty five second chance chance points chance points or, or more. You know yep. that they can be so much better as a team. You know I think that's the most frustrating thing uh, about this net squad. They can give you you know a thirty nine point third quarter, thirty eight point first quarter, and you know great ball movement, defensive intensity and energy and blocks, 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 blocks. Yep. And just not end the possession. You know I think it's. It's not flashy. It's not pretty. Rebounding the basketball, you know, board man gets paid. 
Boardman yeah. gets wins as well, I think, Nick. If the Nets can buy into that, at least to an extent, I don't expect them to be the best. I expect them to be one of the worst. But I, if they're like a hanging around that department, it's going to be more about what they do as a team, not whether they're getting a, a, a bigger amount of boards or offensive boards. Because I think it was Matt Brooks tweeted out the fact that they're 20th in transition defense and 29th in offensive rebounding percentage. Like, it's pick really one. hard to be bad at both. Like, just pick yeah. one. Yeah, like, be either get Clax to keep going for those offensive boards and get Ben to go back in transition, or just you're not doing offensive rebounding at all because they gave up 23 offensive rebounds tonight compared to seven, which obviously Clax had four of them. So it's something that needs to be fixed. And it's not to say that, like, you know, it's the be all and end all because the Golden State Warriors are not a good rebounding team and they won last year's championship, but they need to be better in certain situations. I think the the rules to like success for a team is like you can try to do as much as you can to cover up a weakness and take care of what you can do. You know, at times if you know it's a seven footer jumping over a six five guy, we know who's going to get the rebound. But at least try to put a body on them and make it somewhat difficult. And like that's a great point you brought up about you know the transition defense and the offensive rebounding. And that's an area you can clean up. You know, commit one way or the other, and really you should just commit to getting back because that's what you're going to look to do when it comes to the postseason. And I think also at times you see guys kind of talking for fouls or flopping around and not getting back on defense. There's always somebody who's trailing at times, and that's just an area they can, you know, save a couple points here and there, and it'll matter against the better teams. What I would do, I, I agree with that in principle, is I would let Clax be like your lone guy that goes for those offensive boards. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a skill that he has. He's athletic. His conditioning is really solid. And he can get back quickly. You know, he wants to get back quickly. He wants to get back on defense after that sort of thing. So you're not going to ask Kevin Durant to get, you know, an offensive board. Ben Simmons at this point in time, probably not either. So allow one guy to do it. And then the four other guys should be back there before Clax has even hit the floor if he's got the offensive rebound or not. Um, uh, and, and look, those little things will happen, and they do happen for, for periods for the Nets. But you know, against a team that has more than ten available players, uh, that the Raptors did tonight, you know, against the Portland Trailblazers, who you know uh, will be, uh, we had a pretty good win over. We'll be looking to uh, get out, exact a little bit of revenge over the weekend. They're going to be better. It's as simple yep. as that. They don't have to be incredible. You just have to be good enough in in, in, a, in a lot of stuff. Just be good enough. Yeah, good enough in some areas and then be great in the areas that your team has strengths. And, you know, obviously offensively, there's some major weapons on this team. Some of those weapons are still not performing to the level we expect them to shoot. No, and uh, you're you talking about Kevin Durant. No, Kevin Durant actually was 17th. I think he did. He climb up yep. the list. No, 18th He's all 18th, time. He passed Kevin Durant. Uh, Kevin Durant. He passed uh, Kevin Garnett. There we go. The the Kevins. We, we yeah. get both incredible all-time players. Two of the best Kevins ever played the game. They'd probably both be the best. played for the Nets, too. Yeah, exactly. And they're both like big, big superstars in, in terms of the history of the game. Probably two of the best power forwards ever. But in terms of the shooting woes that you are alluding to, Nick, it's Joe Harris. One of seven from the field. One of six from three. Had, you know, three points. Yeah, he yep. hit one three. Uh, and in only 14 minutes of time... <sighs> Joe Harris's trade value is plummeting now. Whether now Sean yeah, Mus- at this point he's almost a bad he's a bad contract. It's like yeah, it's sort of like Ben Simmons before he started playing well. That Joe Harris has to play himself into form because, like, he, what he's doing well this season is the things that we don't need him to do that well. Like, yeah, you can be a, a decent enough defender, but like you have, and he we'd hasn't rather really have been the last two games. No, he hasn't been that either. And whether that is 
you know, injury rehab from, from the ankles. You know, there's been some decent video and stuff by a few people who've been doing some threads and stuff. Whether he has that confidence in anybody, he doesn't. Like, the Nets are pretty close to being healthy right now. You know, TJ Warren's now doing a three-on-threes. Unfortunately, thoughts and prayers to Yuta Watanabe after uh, getting a hamstring strain. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit upset with myself that I didn't lead the episode with that. Um, but, you know, I don't want to lead with sad things after the Nets get, got a win. But hopefully it's only a minor strain and he comes back in a couple of games. But, Joe... If you're out there, you're out there, and you've got to play. We we have high expectations for the best three-point shooter over the past couple of years in terms of statistics showing. He just isn't that. You know, he is a shell of himself and then some. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, it's he's definitely pressing right now. And like you said, maybe it's something injury related. But if you're out there, you know, the Nets are asking you to do your strength. They're asking you to knock down wide open threes. And we're not talking about a lot of contested looks. We're talking about really good looks. A lot of them coming from the corners or on fast break opportunities. And he's just you you know it's a miss before it leaves his hands. You know, it's just like you're not feeling confident in him and and that's a huge factor because some of the other three-point shooters are a little inconsistent right now as well and but you're counting on those guys to take your offense to another level and they're not doing that. Yeah, Royce O'Neal 5 of 8. I think it was, you know, one of his best yeah, games. He's been the best Nets three-point shooter over the last like week or so. You know, you look at Seth Curry's been kind of a little hot and cold. Patty Mills has not been great either and Joe Harris has been bad. And Markeith Morris, three or four himself yeah. as well. Like, he's spacing. Look, if he can give you one of two things, like a, a bit of toughness and sort of tenacity, some rebounding, all that sort of thing, or three-point shooting, you know, you, you take one of them. But, you know, he's doing the three-point shooting, I think, especially when he's out there with Ben Simmons is the thing that you want the most. And Ben, I think, fed him at least two of those threes. Maybe One time um, he uh, looked off Joe Harrison, threw to Markeith Morris and said, yeah, and it's just like, man, that's that's saying Imagine something. Imagine telling now, someone that in the summer. <laughs> yeah, oh man, and and look, we've we've had patience in in terms of when it comes to Ben Simmons, we've sort of tempered our expectations, but right now, Joe is a liability, and yep. and, and it pains us to say that you know from the guy you know a couple of years ago was the Joe Harris stand has a T-shirt with his face on it and such, but you know we got to keep it real be real right now and joe is not doing much if anything for the team can he get back to a semblance of form yeah absolutely but it's on him and he's really got to step up he's got to find find the 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 what it is to unlock what we know he can do and what he is elite at yeah it's at a point where now he has to kind of earn his minutes load back 
you know, now there's a competition with, you know, guys playing better than him. I mean, going to the season was like Royce O'Neal versus Joe Harris. Royce O'Neal has crushed that battle right now. And he's even had moments where he hasn't been emo- amazing. I think it says more probably. Yeah, no, it's probably, you know, Royce has been great and Joe has just been bad. It's probably been that end of the spectrum. And then guys like Edmund Sumner are playing better. You know, Cam Thomas is kind of hot and cold all over the place. And then Seth Curry is coming back from injury. And then like you mentioned, TJ Warren is potentially approaching and Utah when he's healthy. Now it's like, you know, how many minutes do we give Joe Harris tonight? He only played 14. Yeah. I um, Look, I, I agree with that. And, and whether the Nets choose to rest him or there's little breaks where they can get him. But ultimately I, I think that the rotation was a little bit better tonight you know, from Jacques Vaughn, you know, some of those three guard lineups would just leave nothing to be desired in previous iterations. But when I saw Edmund Sumner come in as the, as the first guard to replace Kyrie Irving, I'm like, yep. hallelujah. Like, what's what's he done to be relegated out of this rotation? And then Cam Thomas comes in. I'm like, I kind of like the combination there in terms of Cam, you know, Edmund Sumner wakes up for a lot of the defensive weaknesses of Cam Thomas. And, you know, Cam Thomas makes up for the sort of ball creation and mid-range shooting and sort of like somewhat three level two and a half level scoring that cam can provide so i didn't mind that but and you know you don't need to give the six minutes to patty mills like just give an extra three to edmund Sumner, an extra three or give Corey irving an extra six minutes like we don't need yeah. to be playing patty like we just don't if it's a situation where you know your team's burnt down you have injuries and you need to put them out there sure but as of right now with the way other guys are playing and also where his weaknesses are is where the team is hurting as well. You know, Patty Mills is an undersized guard that can't really defend and can't rebound. And those are two areas where you need help. Edmund Sumner can provide some of that. You know, he can give you size he can give you length. He can switch a little bit. So I agree, Jack. I think Patty kind of put him on the bench until he is needed. Any other fun, any other thoughts on, on this game in particular, Nick, you know, the possession game and the turnovers was something that was uh, certainly of concern. The Toronto Raptors had 101 field goals uh, attempted and obviously only hit 35.6% of them. The Nets had 82, so they gave an extra 19 possessions, uh, to offensive possessions to the Toronto Raptors. Their turnovers were really bad in, in the sort of first half. Well, they have like 15, finished with yep. 21, which is still awful. Anything above yeah, that sort of 18 sort of mark is where you get into really murky territory. But they were good in terms of the fast break points. A lot of that goes to Ben Simmons. I think he was a, a real leader in that department and able to get a, dec- a decent enough balance in terms of points in the paint. But you know, just a, a couple of little numbers and something that we were looked at as we were looking at the, the team stats. You know, was the fact that the Nets only got to the line seven times, but at the same time they had a lot of open dunks and just some open shots around the rim. So it was just like. The Raptors was like, just don't foul them. Just give them the shot, and 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 maybe that was the sort of game plan. But those are a few little things that sort of stuck out to me as a team and, and statistically overall throughout this one. Yeah, I think, Jack, the great point is, like you said, the field goal attempts, 101 versus 82, and then the free throw attempts, 25 to 7. You know, so that's pretty substantial in shot attempts in comparison to what the Nets had. And they still found a way to win by double digits. And like you said, a lot of that was the Nets knocking down their shots, shot 54 percent from the field and 44 percent from three. You know, there's definitely some positives take away, but you've got to clean a lot of things up when you play those better teams moving forward. And the turnovers in that first half were rough. A lot of them were on forced turnovers or just lazy passing where, you know, the Raptors were making a double team and then rotating and the Nets were just not picking up those rotations. You know, a good chunk of that was KD in the first half, but in the second half we saw at least cleaned up a little bit. 
Yeah, and I also think the reason why KD had a poorer game is because OG Ananobi is the best individual defender in the game. I'm, I'm putting that out there. He is I think troll. also Nick Nurse has never had a bad game plan against KD, it feels like. No, no. And look, again, you know, Nick Nurse, incredible coach. OG Ananobi, I think, is the best defender in the NBA right now. He'd be my defensive player of the year. He's that dude's something. I'd kill him to have him as a Brooklyn net. Um, but that's probably never, never going to happen. But in, in saying that, Nick, you know, any final general thoughts about, you know, we've got a couple of days before the Nets do play uh, another game. Was there anything else you, you wanted to throw in there, whether it's about the team overall, whether it's about individual players, whether it's about combinations? You know, the timeline can go a, a bit crazy on Twitter and social media and stuff, but, you know, 8 and 10, not where the Nets wanted to be. You much would have rather have been at 9 and 9 at 500 and continuing to move forward. But, you know, it's, I, I think. What it's always hard back to what Kevin Rand said in, at the end of the Kenny Atkinson era. It's like let's just start building championship habits, but they they're just not like they're they're just doing uh, they're doing enough to get through on talent. And I think in a credit to the, I think it was a TNT crew that said the other night where it's just like they're getting by on talent, and yeah. you know you can out talent a team so many times, but it's not going to lead to the the best version of the collective and. Right now, the Nets aren't. It's 18 games in the season, and how long do we wait? Look, by Christmas time, by trade deadline time, we'll see where it is. But I think a couple of people have been sort of tweeting, you know, what the best championship teams or what the past championship championship teams have looked like after 35, 40 games, and they are, you know, 30 and 10, 28 and 12, all those sort of things. The Nets need to get there, and they need to do it, and they need to want to do it as well. Yeah, they need to go. All right. Yeah, everyone's out, but I wanted like do the little things here. They they need to have the Utah Watsonabe mentality, Nick. Yeah, they really do, and obviously that's why I think a reason why they miss a guy like him when he's out, even though he's not the most talented player, he brings some of those values that the team really needs if they want to be a championship team. And like you said, just looking back on like the game log for this team, you know, win tonight against the Raptors, one twelve ninety eight. Last night a loss against the Sixers, one fifteen one oh six. Without Joel Embiid, without James Harden, without Tyrese Maxey, you know, Tobias Harris banged up. They lose that game. Sunday night, they beat the Grizzlies. They have a great win in Portland, you know, the previous week. And then the game before that's a blowout loss to the Sacramento Kings, in which they lost 153 to 121. And the night before that, that week, uh, the game before that was a loss to the Lakers. And the night before that was a win against the Clippers. You really just have no feel for this team. There's no consistency. It's all over the place. And it's all over the place on multiple levels too. It's not just one aspect of them. That's all over the place. It's not like it's sporadic shooting. It's sporadic play and engagement across the board. Yeah. Luckily as Nets fans, we don't tie our mental health to this Brooklyn Nets team. Oh wait. Yes, we do. And that's why all of us are clinically bipolar and insane, but we love them all the same. It's the Stockholm syndrome. We can't help but continue to love them, continue to keep talking about them. We love them, Nick. And I'm still thankful for them, despite all of the up and downs of the season so far. You know, thankful for you, thankful for all the things that are happening in Nets world and Buzz world. 100%. Like you said, we'll see what happens with the Nets. They just give you enough that you think that they could be that great team or they could be one move away from being, you know, a championship contender. We'll see how it plays out. As you said, you know, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Extremely thankful for the podcast, you, Jack, and all of our listeners. Check out the Buzz on all stream platforms. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.